So welcome to another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. I've got Jason with me um, as regular contributor or run your own now, aren't you, with the, the CRM and Power Platform team. So Jason heads that up. And um, it's our first one of 2023 that we're talking about CRM Power Platform. Yeah. And when we were having a quick chat earlier about what we were going to cover today, you came up with uh, an interesting subject that we've had in 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 discussions internally, we have with customers, and it's the idea of the Power Platform, which is obviously getting loads of momentum, loads of notice. Is it really user-friendly uh, from a customer's point of view, as in no code or low code? So if you're doing yeah. developments, you don't always need to come and get us as a partner involved or a dedicated developer. You can do elements of it yourself as a, yep. as a user stroke admin. Is that correct? I, it, it, it's, it's how Microsoft pitch it, for sure. I'm absolutely the the platform that Microsoft have put together enables um enables an amount of that I think is it's the fair way to say it. I think Microsoft are very much pushing it's a a low code no code platform and there is aspects there's a lot of that that's absolutely true but it doesn't mean that just anybody can walk in and just start and be able to just deliver custom business applications or solutions within minutes or hours of kind of getting going with the platform for the very first time. So that's the concept Microsoft are pushing, that it is this, this as you said, no-code or a low-code. They have another phrase, because they love having different yeah. phrases, things called citizen developer. Again, the idea that any man, any any man or woman can, can be a developer. You don't have to be specifically trained for that. Um, and as you said, there's elements, which we're going to look at today, but there's also some, some boundaries or something, some areas, companies need to be aware of that might you're causing up trouble or you're kicking the can down the road a bit yeah I agree I think this citizen developer is like what is it what what who are they in your organisation and I think the reality is is that you an organisation those guys you listening um, you don't have a job role for citizen developer that you don't go in you don't go and advertise for a citizen developer it, the, the reality is it's it's an employee it's somebody that is has some type of capability to create something themselves within an organization to fulfill a challenge or a problem that they have using technology mm-hmm. um and power platform arguably to Microsoft is that technology to, to solve that problem. It's it's of creating something custom to the organization that's gonna provide a benefit. And ultimately this citizen developer, um, it's a persona, it's somebody that has clearly an interest in, in technology. Um, they're a bit they're a bit techy, I guess is the best way of putting it. So I think you're already um, knuckling down or refining who within your organization Ultimately, he's going to be a citizen developer um, because there's probably not that, not going to be that many of them. Okay, okay. Now, I have had courses years and years and years ago around development. I don't think in that way. I don't think I am a developer. Well, I know I'm not a developer. Yeah. But whenever we think of development, I think of lines and lines of code, yeah. um, certain languages where some bits look appear to be English, some bits don't, and et cetera, et cetera. We, we've all seen the that type of uh, picture on the screen of code whizzing up and down. What what makes this different? What makes Microsoft feel this is uh, more of an approach where a, a more technical person, yep. but they can come in without going through a whole training course or years of education? I, I think the concept of low code 
is is about the interface that the uh, the technical person, the citizen developer, um, it's about the interface that they're interacting with. It's it's pitched and it can be more drag and drop type interface. So you're looking at the components of what it is that you're wanting to put together. You're looking at the easier access to your tables and your data, your rules, etc., that you want to put in, and you are literally building and layering on what you want to create as the solution for the problem that you that you have. And I think that's that's ultimately the the low code principle. And I think looking at my laptop, if I look at the the, the definition, especially I think what Microsoft can make with is Low-code software development offers a simple yet more accessible way for non-technical users to build applications without requiring extensive coding. Now, you are right. A developer is used to looking at a screen in a software programming language and seeing arguably a blank starting point and they're writing code. And depending on that programming language, obviously depends on how it's constructed together. Um, the idea is that you don't get completely that blank screen with the Power Platform. There's there's components there to help you get started. There's templates and stuff like that as well. But you're still in, in different areas, things like Power Apps and stuff like that. You're still writing kind of conditional rules. You're still, if, if people um, have wrote if statements and VLOOKUPs and stuff like that inside of Excel yeah. and macros and stuff like that, you're still getting to that kind of level as, as as a minimum, I think, in terms of that. That's the type of technical understanding that you've got to be to kind of start to explore power apps and stuff like that, um, in terms of canvas apps and things like that, to make them to make them beneficial to the organisation. There's one thing in saying I've built an app and I've got a few fields and stuff like that, but what's it doing? Where's it going? How's it been managed? What when you want to improve it? What role do they want to 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 achieve? when that person in that team has got that requirement and you want to do it there, is, is there an if and a but to consider? And, and I think the reality is is that absolutely low-code does offer a simpler route to market, I okay. guess is the best way of putting it, and um, absolutely promotes um, organisations getting their hands dirty or getting involved more with their business applications than perhaps I've ever done before. But you have to tread with caution. Okay, okay. So you're giving us a good example. I, I, I like the analogy with someone who maybe have written some quite complex macros or something like that in Excel. You need to obviously know the process of what you're trying to achieve with a macro or what you're trying to do. Yes. And, and the workings of it, you need to understand the whether it's a maths equation that you're trying to build or finding data somewhere in a table within Excel, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. you need to have a, a structure and, and a process. And I've, I've seen elements in Power Apps, probably Power Automate, um, where it's almost like a Visio. So again, you, you've almost probably drawn that out on a whiteboard, then you transfer it into the app yep. to a point. And, and, and the app itself is, is encouraging you to maybe, do you want to do this? Do you want to go here, there, and link? Is there any good examples of maybe a... a an app or something in Power Apps where someone or a customer could write something. An example of uh, an application like this where it's a small something that they're going to achieve. Um, I think it's it's one of those going looking at what's what, what can, as a starting point, what can be relatively discreet. Um, I, I think from, from my point of view, you could easily create 
think about independent standalone, you could easily have a um, an app that is a room booking app within meeting rooms within your organi- within your organisation. Um, you could easily have a, a, a power app that you create that has got to do with like holiday request bookings and holiday yeah. management. Data collection from forums. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. You see quite a lot of people, even in their personal lives, are using, I know it's not Microsoft, but they use Google Forms and, and, and uh, Microsoft have the equivalent as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And then um, you, you've got things like what, what we've got in our business. Um, we've got a visitor system that's a power app. Yep. Um, so the ability for someone to log in, someone to check out, um, someone to accept the 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 terms have been on our premises. What you do in a in a fire or an evacuation, it's still a relatively simple power up, but it does what it needs to do and it's contained. So that's within power ups from that perspective. You then got power ups in relation to your ERP and your CRM, so Business Central, <laughs> creating a, a simple item catalog. As an example, so you're out there with customers. You got your you got your master inventory inside of Business Central, but you're not going to sit there and take a customer through your current product catalog and show them BC. It's not particularly the best experience to even with the mobile app of BC. You're not going to load that up for them. It's got too much information that's not relevant to a customer. It's more relevant to you using it as a business. So why can't you lay that on top and create a product catalog app? using a Canvas app, as an example, and you're just connecting to the data with inside of BC. Now, from my perspective, is that a partner job or is that a customer job task app to build that? Again, if you're technically minded and you understand the structures of of BC and the tables and stuff like that, I think if you're a super user in BC right now, you've got a good chance of starting to put that together. If you're just a, and again, take it politely, if you're just an end user of BC, then probably you're not going to be able to put that put that put that together without doing a bit of research and homework from that perspective. So, I think there's lots of capabilities, and I think obviously the Power Platform is designed to plug the gaps where you don't have a tool right now, or you've got it in an Excel data Excel worksheet that everybody has a different version of, or an Access database that nobody knows what's what's right, what's wrong. It doesn't follow a process. The Power Platform is trying to bring your data and your processes and your apps in one central platform to obviously complement your already apps in the Microsoft platform and ecosystem with BC and CRM, realistically. So I think there's plenty of examples, but you've got to do it for the right reasons as well. You can't just go off and, and start playing and create all these apps that nobody knows about. Okay. I- and I know you've spoken there about how you know, Power Apps can interact with the, with the biz apps, the, the you know Business Central CRM. Yep. The the one element that always used to be a stumbling block was those integration points. Yep. Now with Power Platform, they are I won't say they're removing them, but they're re, re, lowering the hurdles because they've built these connectors. Yeah, these connectors that are available, uh, for example, with Power Apps and stuff like that. There, there is a um, a Business Central connector. And that's done by Microsoft. And that's done by Microsoft. Um, there are connectors to other platforms as well. So think about CRM, it's a Dataverse connector is is ultimately what it is because even CRM, it's on the Dataverse, which is the same as the core kind of model-driven apps of the Power Platform. Um, so yes, Microsoft have, have reduced um, the barrier to entry, I guess. However, it's not as easy as, as that as always because if I take Business Central and Power Apps, 
you've got a BC connector to the power platform, you've got Dataverse and BC connectors, no problem at all, you can get going. What are you given? You're given the ability then in that connector to call and communicate to the standard APIs that Microsoft give you. So the tables, sales, customers, etc. there's a number of tables that Microsoft give you at the box. So you can start pulling that data into the Power Platform, creating apps, and you've got something to start off with. However, when you hit a roadblock, and that roadblock will be, this field isn't in my API. It's not in my customer list, it's not in my item list, it's not in my item API. Well, what do I do? Well, I've, I've got to go create, currently I've got to go really create a new API, and then expose that API out and then start to talk to that. Okay, well, who creates the API? <laughs> the reality is, is that unless you've probably got a developer in your organization, then it's Techman that creates the API. Um, now, again, once that data's there, you can start to use that for sure, but <laughs> whilst the barriers have definitely been lowered and a lot have been kind of knocked down, it there is still some technical know-how and some, oh, well, you wouldn't have known that until you started going and going, oh, well, I've now hit this roadblock. So again, it's a, you can get going, there's connectors there, the platform's there, the low-code interface is there to start to build things, but you don't have this kind of plethora of everything at your fingertips to do whatever you want to do. There are still some restrictions in places, and there's just some just general know-how that ultimately as an end user that is not that hasn't been particularly technically aware of the life cycle of BC or BC applications, they wouldn't know. Mm. So again, yes, citizen developer, yes, there is the ability for customers to get going. But uh, and whether this sounds a little bit like a oh hold on a second, tech manager justifying ourselves. The reality is that you're still going to need a partner like Techman to be involved in, in at least some of the work within the Power Platform. We're not, we're not wanting to hog it. We're not wanting to hold everything of it. Ultimately, there's that much demand. We've seen demand in BC. We've seen demand in CRM, Power Platform. There is demand. So clearly, we need more people to be able to take stuff on. But you, I think there are a number of occasions where a customer's not going to be able to do it on their own. Uh, well, we saw at our user day there was a lot of interest in this. There are some some of our customers that do have IT resource that, have, yeah. that are probably a little bit more geared up for it. I always think the analogy of um, you know like DIY at home it looks great when you see someone on the telly do it or you watch the YouTube videos and you can buy all the tools <laughs> from the, the DIY centre and I come home and I still make a mess of it. I've got all the tools, yeah. but if I haven't got the skills to use them, it's it's a bit like that. Isn't yeah. it? I might be able to do the basic jobs, but I'll still need a uh, someone with more experience, expertise in a certain area to come and you know get the plumbing working properly or whatever until I get there. Yeah, agreed. And I think from 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 our point of view, we want to encourage our customers to to get experienced and, and, and get knowledge and appreciation of the Power Platform. We, we really do. And and ultimately Microsoft do as well because from Microsoft point of view, they want you to buy the licenses. They want you to buy the Power Apps licenses, the Automate licenses, the pay the Power Page license. They want you to buy it all as well as your first party tra- traditional biz apps work with BC and CRM. So they want you to keep investing in them. Um, but at the same time, you are right in, in, in that we, as a partner, um, have to guide you down, the customer down, of what's right and wrong. Because 
since this platform, this toolkit has been available to us, I hesitate in, in, in saying it, but there's been a lot of people that's tried to recreate stuff that's already out there as well. So there's already an app for an ISV that's established in the market for BC or for CRM that's got that's plugged that gap already and they do a good job of it. So why would you necessarily go and build a power app or something else to go and deal with it instead? Again, you've got to justify it as well. It's not just a free-for-all just to go and, oh, I'll give it a go and I'll go and recreate what somebody else has already done. But then you've got, opposed to the add-on app maintaining it for you and the app company maintaining the life cycle of that tool, that maintenance becomes the responsibility of you, your organisation, and how are you going to take accountability of your set of power platform solutions that are in play. Okay. And the the first power app, as they're now called, and the power platform, the tool that came out, I think, first, probably like seven, eight years ago, maybe longer, was Power BI, which was the reporting element of this. Yeah. And we, again, we saw great enthusiasm. People, we can now do our own reporting. We can do a lot of that, which, which is absolutely possible. Yeah. But even if you know the tools, even if you get the free connector back into Business Central CRM, Yep. you've then got all your data behind that and you need to understand that before you can generate a, a meaningful report. Absolutely. And, and I sit there going, how many of our customers or how many employees inside of our customers, this citizen developer kind of tag, understands that in the main way there are connectors directly to BC with Power BI? Absolutely. But underneath the hood, do you know that there's queries that are supporting some of that? Do you know that it's O-Data? Do you know that that goes into a data set that builds the report that goes into the Power BI, which then gives you the dashboard that you want to have looking lovely and, lovely and, and it, it looks good to everybody else? There's a lot of steps in between and there's a lot of understanding in between of that as well. And it's a case of when that data isn't available as standard in the connector, well, how do you get that data and how do you build that query? And so, and then when you want to create a target or a KPI or a, or a calculation and stuff like that, do you know how to go and do that inside of Power BI, inside of the report, to then also make sure that your relationships are, is it one-to-many, is it many-to-many between those relationships in the report, not necessarily just in the BC database. Same principles apply with CRM as well. So, yes, we've got templates. Yes, we've got connectors. Yes, I've even now got a, a button in CRM that tells me, visualize this in Power BI. And I can click on a system view, click visualize, and Power BI gives me a visualization of my opportunity, open opportunities list in CRM. Looks pretty cool. If I want to then go and take that step further, I've then got to start, going, well, I've got to then go and create my data set and my report and all that kind of stuff. It's a it's it's a wet the appetite kind of thing at that point. It's a powerful tool, but it's a it, I can't stress enough that you've got to understand the tables and the data. It's not just about having a connector and pressing a button as go. I guess if you've done a report that you're going to base decisions on your business and you're not confident that the data in that report is right, it yeah, could, could be horrific, couldn't it? Abs- so, yeah. Absolutely, but there is that there, there is there is absolutely, and, and I would recommend that customers. To get started and, and try to understand, initially try to understand its capabilities more than anything. Not necessarily deliver something day one because you may or may not need us, um, but look at the templates and give the templates a go and just give it the connection a go to start to understand its capability. If you start to understand its capability, you might you'll then go, well, I want more out of it, and then you're going to go, well, I want more out of it, and I'll work to know it myself as well as working with someone like Techman or a partner to to do it, and then you're going to see value in it. Yeah. Right now. It, it, some people are stuck in that rock to a hard place going, I see those dashboards, 
I don't really have the time to do it, but I don't really want to pay Techman consistently all the time to build my reports for me. Because we've always been a, again, if I look at another reporting tool we've used, used is Jet Reports with BC and stuff like that. We've always encouraged the customers to say, we'll guide you how to use the tool, but we want you to also take some control of your of your reporting as well. So it, there's a technical aspect to it, and then there's an end user all own aspect, and there's a very similar principle with Power BI as well. I mean, we, as you said, we as a, as a partner want our customers to to be looking at these apps, being educating themselves. We put yeah. a lot of resources to help people get up to speed on these because we we have a, a belief that if if you're seeing a good return on your investment from from the the biz apps, the Dynamics biz apps. By using these extra tools, you're going to do more with the core product anyway. Where you're going to need us in, so yep. it's a win-win really. That you know Absolutely. you can pick up those jobs, we get it, and then we'll come into the specialist stuff. We'll help you hold your hand maybe for the first year to get you up to speed as well. So absolutely behind it. So, so Power BI was reporting, Power Automate. That's also one of the one the, the so tools we've got out there. So again, we've got lots of connectors. We've got these premium connectors and standard connectors. Premium connectors a lot um, is, is where Microsoft have, have, have wrote a lot of these connectors. Um, and Power Automate is their workflow tool. So yeah, it's a, it's a workflow engine. Um, there's there's different levels. There's there's cloud flows, um, which can run kind of um, requests for approvals and stuff and stuff like that. And there's also kind of desktop flows, which I probably say is is there. It's not. I guess one of those is that you got to think about what specifically do you use those for. That's a you, arguably you're on your terminal and you're constantly just always clicking that button well help Power Automate record that and do that for you mm. so it's reducing some of the manual input on a desktop or on a web page or something like that um, where you're doing repetitive tasks um, but in terms of Power Automate yes plenty of connectors um, BC there's a connector there's templates a lot of templates around things like approvals and stuff like that on sales and purchase Give it a go, turn it on, see what it does. Um, again, they're relatively rudimentary to start off with, um, but it gives you the ability of what it can add on top of Business Central. And even in CRM, we use Power Automate and, and Cloudflows every day. I won't say all day, every day, but we use them every day. They are the heart to what we do in the CRM Power Platform team. But from our point of view, even those connectors, you're then still connecting to data and APIs and stuff like that. And there's still not everything available, as I said, going back to the power apps and the connector from that perspective. Um, so you still potentially need us to help you get the right data in the right place at the right time. And there's a case of, are you parsing data? Are you, what are you doing with JSON? What, what, what happens when? Are you going, what are you doing when you fetch the rows? Again, those just terms that I've come out with, what, standard, I say standard, what employee that it's not their day-to-day -day role to understand how the workflows work, how they, do, do any of them straight away get what I've just said in those few, few what, two sentences? Yeah. If they don't, then that's where you get into the, the people that are picking this up, even from an end user point of view, you are more technical, you might be systems super users, system managers, that kind of level. So again, plenty of capability for it, but you still need to understand how the tables are structured and where your data is and what you're going to do with it, and where you're going to send it to, and where you're going to pull it back from, and all that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is with Power Automate, that's also really cool and clever, is that you've got the cust got the connectors that are premium, as the standard that other people build and stuff like that. But then if you don't have a connector available, 
from Microsoft in your kind of library and you want to go and connect to another system that has an API that's available, well, Power Automate can still be an answer, but you've got to go and build a custom connector and you've got to think about authentication and how do I securely connect with that other system? Again, that's that's kind of, you've got to have some good skill set and, and follow good best practice and rules to be able to think about how you're going to do that and manage that as well. So yes, absolutely, it's a workflow engine. Yes, there's templates again on top to help get started understand its capability. And like all this, you get going, you start with a few, you start basic, you build on it over time. Those people that are going to take that kind of role on, they're going to get skilled up. The more you do it, the more you get involved with it, the better you are going to be at that task. However, this citizen developer role, because it's a persona, not a job title, well, how often are you going to keep doing it if the business isn't paying for them? That's their job that they're going to be doing yeah, every, yeah. all day, every day. They've got the day job to do as well. Yeah, yeah. so... Again, we know the speed of change from Microsoft all up, and Power Platform is no different. It, it's it's quite incredible in terms of how they keep offering us new functionality and, and and making us more efficient in the tools that it's got. But again, the place to start is the templates. And the example you've given there where maybe someone within the organization builds those skills, has those skills, does a great job with this, there's also a risk, isn't there, that should something break and that person's not around on holiday, may have left, what happens, you know, the, the, the products you're linking into are continuing to evolve at a, at a yep. rapid pace. So if something changes, you might need to tweak something in a Power Automate flow. Uh, you might have to change something on a report because that the field it's pointing to has, has either been renamed, changed, yep. improved upon by Microsoft. And so again, where at the moment your partner picks up that, that responsibility of support yep. when it comes to power apps I'm guessing if the partner's not written them they're going to maybe say well we don't know anything about this what do we do absolutely the, the, you can you can bring uh, bring sense to a power app in theory you can look at the tables you can look at the rules etc but it doesn't understand why somebody did it that way and what it means to the business and how they're using it, and you can, and and the idea is that Microsoft want you to be able to build important or critical business apps that are customized specific for you through the Power Platform. They do. They they want they want this platform to be as um, priceless as your first party BC and CRM apps. They they want it to be embedded in your organization, but. You are right. If somebody leaves or moves on, or or they or they lose focus because they've had to pick up more responsibility in the job that they're paid to do, then how do they come back and deal with the issues and then try and get back up to speed with the technology changes from mm. Microsoft and etc. And what's the best way to do it now? And and that is evolving every every few months is the re, is the reality. And then it's a case of. Why are you doing it? How are you doing it? How are you taking requests for improvements? How are you managing that? It shouldn't just become a free-for-all where someone says, can I have this? No problem at all, I'll do it. Can I have this? No problem at all, I'll do it. Because that's one of the reasons why people come to us to change their main business system because it's just become too customised, too bespoke. People don't know what it's doing and no one really supports it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you don't want to promote that same mentality inside of the Power Platform. You need structure, you need maintenance, you need a process, you need management, etc. It, it, it needs care and 
it should I, I've said a couple of times it shouldn't just be a free for all yeah. well I, you see a lot of systems where people have the ability to create whether it was teams when we were into lockdown and people were firing up teams everywhere and then you know look at yeah. how many teams we got SharePoint was like it back again still can be that if, if people have a bit of skill it's easy to fire up a SharePoint site <laughs> and the way it, it builds and it needs some governance doesn't it the, the uh, business uh, needs or IT admin need to be able to allocate absolutely. that absolutely and you've, and, you've, and you've quite hit on a quite pertinent point as well with SharePoint because if you look out there in terms of some of the templates or the examples in the industry or or, or or makers of what they've been doing in the Power Platform, a lot of the, some of the examples are based on the back end is a SharePoint list. Uh, I have my own opinion on SharePoint. SharePoint is a fantastic document repository that can be structured, version history, etc. can be used as an internet site, etc. Would I personally, and again, others may disagree that listening to this, etc. Would I go and build solutions and business apps that are designed to plug back gaps, etc. With SharePoint as my backend, where my data sits? Definitely not. Because we've got these two big repositories, which are our biz apps anyway. Which yeah. is and, got, and then we've got Dataverse in general, which yeah. is the core table database structure of the Power Platform. And for me... You, SharePoint, you, you would Excel isn't a database. No. I personally would rank SharePoint in the same breath as Excel, not a database. So, don't go start building lots of business apps on top of SharePoint data and lists. That's my opinion. Okay. We'll have the whole SharePoint community outside with oh, well, burning I'll, torches I'll, and pitchforks I'll, now. I'll, I'll, that I'll, I'll, put, I'll put my hard hat on. Yeah. I think, with, yeah, we, we, we're, we're coming at this from a, the dynamics angle, which gives you, as yeah. you've said, like those those core areas to store your data. Okay, so there's some governance. There's some um, a documentation. I imagine it's going to be important this, that people document why the app was done. Yeah, and, maybe and changes. Yeah, um, and maybe an approval process that someone in the business says, you know what, that's, that's a nice idea, but we're not going to go ahead with that and... That's a very good point. Again, so again, without 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 you knowing that you're doing it, you throw me things that I can talk about. Um, the centre of excellence. Think we'd have practice this, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> the centre of excellence starter kit for Power Platform. So we get into some of these tools in the Power Platform, and without going slightly off piste, we've got more analytics coming in the platform, a bit like we get with BC and stuff, and we've got this centre of excellence starter kit that also I recommend if you're starting the journey. Um, and you have citizen developers or you're pro- or wanting people to become citizen developers in your organisation, this Centre of Excellence Starter Kit from Microsoft in the Power Platform is something you should install because it looks at evaluating what flows you've got running, who they're owned with, what apps you've got, what environments you've got set up and all that kind of stuff. So it's trying to bring together a bit of a picture of your environment opposed to seeing lots of apps everywhere that you don't really understand what what's going on and where. So that is a level of management and maintenance that you can bring together. But interesting, so that starter kick, there's also some tools that you can start to utilize. And there, ironically, there is a, I believe it's a power app itself that is its own little kind of review and maintenance and improvement app that you can say, well, what's the app that I want to put a request in for an enhancement? What's it to do with who's requesting it? Why am I requesting it? Is it approved or rejected? And the idea is that it's offering you a level of maintenance. Because I think Microsoft have recognised themselves going, we can see, probably already, that there's lots of people having a play. And 
it looks like that we've got fantastic usage on the platform, but then probably you might then have a massive call after a quarter or whatever going, huh, we've run out of storage. So that people that that app that was a bit of a play, that app was a bit of a get rid of it, get rid of it. Yeah. It's encouraging us to help as a as a partner, but also the customer to take some responsibility some housekeeping as yeah, well, yeah, with their platform. Yeah, okay. Um I will go a little push here for our customers I know in the uh, the end of the, the spring or March time end of March we're looking at running a, a user day for our CRM power platform customers yep. I'm sure we're going to have probably a session or so on, on this type of yes conversation that needs to be had with customers so they understand it better because we've got some great customers that have have IT people there that are doing some amazing things with it but it's just again keeping it under control so should that person leave or whatever you're not suddenly left with a you know this solution you've got no idea and you're petrified that it's going to break and we're back to before people put biz app systems in stuff yeah like going so and so wants, of spreadsheets and one one breaks the link breaks and they all tumble so up. and so wants to retire or they're moving on they found another job and it's okay no problem at all and you've then got a level of going oh but those apps you've got to share knowledge or well, who are you saying nice to and who's going to pick it up etc so yeah I think some best practices some how to get started with absolutely I think definitely Definitely going to see some content at our, our, okay. our customer day for that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I think we've covered roughly what we were, what we had in the, the basic structure. Is there anything you want to do to conclude, summarise? Is there anything you want to get across? I, I think getting started as a citizen developer or as an end user, that this isn't your day job um, to maintain the, the business systems, solutions that are there, but you want to try and plug a gap, plug a problem and get involved in it. I think the reality is, is for the business owners and the management out there, you need to have a, a strategy and a plan in place of, firstly, do you allow it? And secondly, if you do allow it, um, and people to bring solutions to you that using the Power Platform, have a plan in place, have a, have a structure in place of how people bring it to the table, how it's going to be deployed, how it's going to be trained, how it's going to be documented, how it's going to be maintained, etc. And the idea is that encouraging people to help solve your business problems inside of your business is absolutely a benefit. But they're not going to be able to, if, if it's not their day job, you've got to accept they're not going to be able to solve, solve, solve it all themselves. They're going to need experts involved to do it. And also you've got to accept that some ideas may never actually end up coming to fruition because they're paid to do a day job and citizen developer isn't their day job. Okay. Which is uh, a good reminder for you and I that we both have day jobs to do as well as doing this podcast. So probably should start to wrap up and uh, and uh, just get back to doing what we do for the rest of the day. But Jase, thanks for coming in. Always good to have a, no a discussion around the Power Platform. We've seen so much interest in it from customers. I think the more uh, education we can get out there around where certain areas can help and where you just need to be careful, not, yeah. not say don't touch them, but just be aware of yeah, potential problems down the line is always useful. Brilliant. Okay, thanks for that. And uh, Thank thanks for those people that have uh, watched or listened uh, to the podcast today. And we'll look forward to uh, seeing you again very shortly on Techman Talks Dynamics. Hi.